We're back with another episode of Conversations and Connections. We're the official podcast of the Family Crisis Center of East Texas. I'm Stuart Burson, the prevention coordinator for the agency. April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And of course, that's a big event and a big month uh, for the Family Crisis Center. And to mark the occasion, I wanted to have uh, Marilyn Talk, who is our sexual assault services coordinator out of Nacogdoches to come be on the show to kind of talk about sexual assault awareness month and some of the things that we have planned and just about uh, that topic in general. Marilyn, you're one of the few in the center that hasn't been on the podcast yet. Yes, I'm so excited. So I'm congratulations so excited. and thank you. Uh, driving all the way uh, from Nacogdoches to be with us here in Lufkin today. So, um, Marilyn, first of all, uh, I am going to start things off with something that's not on my official list, just to kind of talk about your your job at the Family Crisis Center, um, Sexual Assault Service Coordinator. What does that mean? What do you actually do for for the agency? So there are a couple things that I do in terms of my role. Um, the main thing being I meet with victims and survivors of sexual assault, um, whether it be right after their victimization or months and years later. So my primary role is to meet with them, see what their needs are, assess them, and then go from there. If they're wanting to follow up with legal, um, you know, their case on a legal stance, I can do that for them. I can help them understand the Title IX process at their college students as well, um, and just help them connect to resources such as okay. counseling, which is one of the top ones that our survivors and victims of sexual assault um, look for. Um, sure. So we're able to provide that. Um, one of the other things that I do is I go out to sexual assault nurse examinations. Um, I know a lot of our office does that now, which is great. Um, but my main role too, as well, is to go out there um, and as well as train people in the community to, be, to become volunteer advocates. So I um, put on a class um, two, two times a year, and I train community um, community members, anyone who's interested in just learning more okay. about sexual assault, um, about how to how to go out to those sexual assault nurse examinations and provide that advocacy, which is a lot of information and support as well. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, so, like I said at the top of the show, April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and let's just kind of start with answering why is it important to make sure our community is aware of sexual assaults that take place in our community. It's an unfortunate thing that, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it does happen. Um, why is it so important to make the community aware of this? Well, I think community involvement in any aspect is very important, and especially with um, sexual assaults, um, because it affects the community. Um, it really does. Um, we know that according to RAIN, which is the Rape, uh, Abuse, Incest National Network here in the United States, they're the anti-sexual uh, assault organization. They state that only um, 310 out of 1,000 sexual assaults are reported to police. Um, so there are a lot of people in our community that are affected by sexual assaults, whether that be that they are victims or they know someone who has been a victim and survivor of sexual assault. Um, and it's important to raise awareness of that so that way people feel comfortable speaking out, they feel comfortable asking questions, reaching out, and finding the resources that would be able to help them. Um, the more that people are educated, the more that we can dispel myths, stigma, and as well as empower survivors to come forward. 
um, bringing attention to sexual assault can make real changes that affect victims. Um, we know years ago when we started talking about the backlog of these rape kits, you know, that ended up making a big change to where survivors can have that sense of control of knowing where their kid is too. So right. definitely having community, just be aware, being more open to talk about this um, can lead survivors to feel empowered. Yeah, yeah. You know, you mentioned the figures about the number of cases reported. Do you think there's a lot of cases out there that go unreported, that people just don't bother reporting them? Yeah, for sure. Um, I have a lot of clients myself. I would say about half of them don't report, um, whether that be because the incident happened so long ago that they just don't feel like it's necessary to report. Yeah. Um, maybe at the time they didn't realize that what they had experienced was a form of sexual assault. Or um, we talked. A, we talk a lot about stigma when it comes to sexual assault. And I see that played out a lot with the victims and survivors that don't report, that they either had someone tell them that, it would probably be best to not report. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of different factors that go into it, but I do see that a lot too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, what part does our society play in the issue? And I guess what I mean by that is sometimes, you know, we hear things like, you know, and we talk about this in, in prevention work, and we'll, mm-hmm. you know, that attitude of, well, boys will be boys, or, well, that's just the way the world is, and it's mm-hmm. unfortunate, or... Or women get dealt a bad deck or whatever, you know, in in society, which are not excuses, Mm -hmm. I will say that. But do you think that attitude or just the the tolerance of uh, sexual assault sometimes plays a part in why we see this happening? Uh, Yes, and I agree with you that it's definitely not an excuse, but it gives us a little bit of an understanding of why this may happen. So I definitely think that um, a society or a culture can hold on to certain beliefs and values that continue to perpetuate or even reinforce stigmas, myths, and even rape culture, which is something that, um, you know, we we hear a lot about this word, um, but... In the work that I've done so far, I can definitely see how some of that even affects our clients, too, and the way that they internalize certain aspects of their victimization, the way that they see the whole, you know, legal process working out as well. Um, So I definitely think it has an effect on how people understand what sexual assault is and even view the way that sexual assault cases play out. Right. And I guess what kind of goes hand in hand with this was talking about society's tolerance of things like that. Um, something that we see a lot of is the the whole aspect of victim blaming. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes uh, our society is quick to point out, you know, things like, well, what? Yeah, you know, it was, it was really bad that she was assaulted, but, well, what was she wearing? Mm-hmm. Or, well, what was she doing? Was she leading them on or something like that? Right. Um, and it does happen a lot. And victim blaming not only discourages survivors from coming forward, but they it also creates an environment where they feel like they'll be blamed and shifts the focus away from holding the perpetrator accountable too. Um, you know, when we talk about Sexual Assault Awareness Month too, we talk about this day called Denim Day. Um, mm-hmm. And Denim Day was actually a day created out of supporting survivors because of victim blaming. Um, I believe it was in Italy where a parliament was hearing a case of sexual assault and the victim was wearing uh, very skinny blue jeans. And uh, 
the judge had ultimately said that she gave consent because the jeans were too tight. She must have helped take them off. And so the next day, all the women of the parliament showed up wearing blue jeans. And so we know that victim blaming goes in every aspect of that legal process or even in the process of sexual assault cases. Um, But definitely recognizing it and speaking out against it can definitely help empower someone to realize, okay, that's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not the way that we're supposed to react to survivors as well. So victim blaming is something that definitely, you know, is is defined as someone saying or implying or treating a person who has been um, or has experienced this behavior, um, saying that it was a result of something that they did or said. So it definitely can, um, it can be a deterrence to a victim, but at the same time, it's something that we can speak out against us as an agency and people who are aware of it too. Mm -hmm. So let's, I want to briefly just kind of talk about uh, what role, if any, do you think the media plays in the issue? You know, when we look at Mm -hmm. movies and art and music Mm -hmm. uh, and especially, gosh, you know, and I'm going to probably sound like the old, old geezer here (laughs) when I say this, but you know, looking at some of the lyrics of some mm-hmm. of the most popular songs that are out today, yes, uh, it kind of takes you aback a little bit when you yeah. read some of these lyrics that young people and, and even adults are listening to. Mm-hmm. What is it fair to say that the media we consume may play? at least a little bit of a role in creating this rape culture that we talked about? I believe so. I think um, media, uh, depending on how they talk about certain topics, can definitely perpetuate and create longevity for certain stigmas and the way that people view um, sexual assault cases, too. Um, When we talk about, you know, music... Um, so I have two examples. So I was doing a research um, for my cl- my training that I do, um, and I was actually looking up the song Blurred Lines, um, which was one of the most popular songs in 2013. I was going to say, that's been a few years. That's been a few 2013, years 2013, you could not change the radio station, um, turn on the TV without hearing the song. Um, but I came across an article where it was saying that these are the same words that certain you know victims and survivors have heard um, what their abusers say during the victimization when you hear words like um, some of the most prominent lyrics of that song is, I know you want it, I know you're a good girl. And those are things that um, in the context of the song, the context of the song is um, trying to get with someone, um, trying to sleep with someone. And in that context, you know, it can definitely be traumatizing for victims and survivors when they just hear that, um, hear those kind of stories stories or they hear that kind of language being talked about. Um, I had my first experience when I first started working here with a client who really showed me the effects of what rape culture in the media can do. So I had this client um, who was very young. Um, Her favorite music was a lot of uh, music that you know, you and I would recognize as having, um, talking about violence against women and just violence in general. Um, But beforehand before her victimization it's something that she never would have thought of or paid attention to and it wasn't until after her victimization that she came up to me and asked I don't know how I'm gonna cope I usually just cope by listening to my music but I can't do that anymore because all everything that I'm hearing is talking about violence against women and it's talking about 
things that relate to my victimization. And so that was the first time I really, really saw how that would affect a victim and survivor. But as someone who, you know, if someone who hasn't experienced that would not really, it wouldn't really catch their attention as quickly. Um, So I definitely think that the media definitely has some role to play in it. Well, I think I've been guilty of this. I think a lot of us are, because I think we, uh, not specifically me and you, but Mm -hmm. a lot of us here at the agency have talked about this. You're listening to a song on the radio and a lot of times you don't you're not even paying attention yeah. to the lyrics. You're you're listening to the rhythm, the beat, the the tune yeah. or whatever. Uh the music, you know, sounds good. But if you just like what I would encourage anyone to do is think of some of your favorite songs, go Google the lyrics and without the music and all that and just reading the lyrics, take a look at some of the lyrics that some of these songs have and and I think a lot of us would definitely be surprised. Oh, yeah, for sure. And um, like something you always bring up in your trainings, too, is uh, like even the simple things as magazines, like something that's yeah. around children when they go to the grocery store, Target, simple stuff like that. They're still getting definitely. those um, visuals or they're still getting those messages right. as well. And it's in our media is something we can't avoid now, too. Right. And of course, I always bring this up, you know, uh, Today, everybody, and and when I say everybody, I'm not talking about just adults, but even kids, now have a smartphone. And, Mm -hmm. of course, you can find anything you want on a smartphone. Specifically, I'm talking about pornography, Mm -hmm. uh, where back in the day when you had to really hunt and search for it, uh, now it's just at anybody's fingertips. And Mm -hmm. that's some of the things that I will bring up with older, like, College students and maybe even high school students, you know, uh, look, porn is not what a real sexual relationship is. And when you have kids looking at that and thinking that is what a real Mm -hmm. sexual relationship is, and then when they have the opportunity and that doesn't meet their expectations of what they've been watching on their phones, I think that can lead to some issues as well. Yes, it can definitely um, skew, you know, the yeah. understanding. Yep, yeah. exactly. So what can our community do to address this? What can we do as a society? You know, okay, we're told there's an issue that, that sexual assaults are happening, sexual assaults are happening. You know, we have the the issue of rape culture. We have the media's influence and all of that. Just as Joe Citizen, what can we do to maybe combat this or to address this? So my main thing is always going to be education. Education is always going to be number one. Um, Something that I tell people is, you know, sexual assault is not something that you sit down with your friend and you talk. It's not a point of conversation that we just, oh, let's talk about this today. You know, unless um, you have to be... Um, in class or you know someone who's experienced it or you yourself have experienced it it's not something we exactly talk about um so definitely you know seeking out that information you know on your own seeing how your community is handling sexual assaults and seeing how you can get involved with that as well um just getting that basic education so that way if you um if someone does come and disclose to you you kind of have a better understanding of how to um help that person move forward as well and as well as bystander intervention too um it definitely helps just being able to intervene in that train of thought or even um 
you know, maybe help stop when it's about to begin and assault is about to begin, too. Um, we know that these things don't just happen in the home. Um, so it's definitely, I say, education is always going to be number one so that way people know what's what exactly the aspects of sexual assault are and what's going on in their community in terms of responding to sexual assaults, and as well as bystander intervention, um, being able to talk to other people about what's going on, um, you know, what exactly sexual assaults are, what's going on in your community, um, and intervening um, when you feel like those things are happening or you okay. see that it's about to happen. Yeah. All right. And, Marilyn, if, what can someone do? If they've been assaulted uh, and they, they are a survivor, um, what can someone do? Uh, what, what, what would be their, for, their first course of action to take? If they um, see themselves in that situation. Right. So the first thing um, that I would recommend is seek safety. Um, you know, remove yourself from that situation. Seek safety, whether that be, um, you know, a place that you feel like you're safe. Um, and then tell someone you trust, whether that be um, law enforcement, family member, a friend, a counselor. Um, and then seek medical support. Um, even if, you know, you're not, if, as an adult, you have the right whether or not to make a police report. Um, but definitely making sure that you yourself physically are okay as well is something that I recommend to do. And as well as seek out support, whether that be um, from a family, friend, law enforcement, or even like an agency like mm -hmm. ours. Um, just knowing what your <clears throat> options are, even if that's not what you're ready for. Um, just knowing that someone or somebody... Um, or that you have a resource can make all the difference as well. And you brought up a good point. You know, seek a family member, seek a friend. What if you are a friend or a family member of a survivor? What can you do as that friend to give support? Right. So first and foremost, always listen and believe. Allow that person um, to tell you as much as they want. Um, okay. For someone to reach out to a friend or family or even speak about their situation sure. can be very difficult. So we want to give them that respect and thank them for feeling comfortable to talk to us. Um, the second thing would be to encourage them to seek resources, whether that be law enforcement, whether that be counseling, um, you know, we never want to force someone into seeking um, that help. We know that um, during their victimization, they had that choice taken away from them. So we never want to pressure them into, hey, you have to go to law enforcement. Hey, yeah. you have to do this. But we want to encourage them to do those things and as well support them through that process. Um, support them while they're in counseling. Support them while they're um, trying to get themselves, you know, um, a good understanding of what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely support is going to be one of the most important things that you can do. Yeah, yeah, okay. And Marilyn, one one thing I do want to mention now: when this hits the uh, the podcast airwaves, your um, your advocate training will already be underway. But mm -hmm. I want to make I want to go back and talk a little bit about that. You was talking about the training you offer. There may mm -hmm. be folks um, listening to the podcast that mm -hmm. may be interested in becoming a yeah. sexual assault advocate. And if they are, uh, I know, again, let's kind of talk about you usually have the trainings twice a year. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about how long these trainings are and then how they can get a hold of you if they're interested in attending this advocate training the next time it's offered. Right. Um, so this advocate training, like I had mentioned, uh, trains uh, volunteers to go out to those sexual assault nurse examinations and simply provide information and support to the survivor, and as well as that includes um, meeting with them, waiting for the exam to start, and as well as if the 
survivor feels comfortable, you can be in that room with, during the examination. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a 40-hour class, 30 in-class hours divided into six different training days, uh, four hours of self-study, which includes uh, listening to podcasts like this um, or watching documentaries on sex, uh, sexual assault, human trafficking, and domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And then six hours of shadowing with us at the Family Crisis Center, um, whether that be with one of the advocates or even in the shelter as well. Um, Yeah. And so um, if anybody ever is interested in the class, like he said, we hold it twice a year, one in the spring, one in the fall. Um, Y'all are welcome to call our Nacogdoches office at 936-569-1018 or reach out to our admin office as well. All right. And there's one thing I want to make sure people know if if they're interested in – in doing the this uh, training, it doesn't. It, we're looking. It does, you don't have to be a woman. Um, men can be sexual assault advocates as well. Because I do think it's 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 important to fi- find out and to know that mm-hmm. one, men can be survivors of yes. sexual assault as well. And so, and I personally think, well, maybe it may be more comfortable for a male survivor to have a male advocate yes. there with him and then two sometimes it doesn't matter sometimes a person a survivor whether they're female or male they just want that support mm-hmm. and so I, I always just want to always uh if there's any men out there listening don't think well this is just for ladies who can support other women uh we do men we do need men advocates out there as well yes we do have uh, male advocates and we definitely welcome more as well because we are starting to see a lot more male survivors mm-hmm. of sexual assault um you know come forward and seek services too so that's definitely always welcome excellent all right marilyn talk again she's our uh sexual assault services coordinator for our nacogdoches office she's kind of uh april is is sexual assault awareness month uh so lots of events planned i don't know if i really want to name dates depending on when somebody's going to be listening to this but we are going to have events and Nacogdoches and in Lufkin and in Crockett, yes. uh, uh, lots of things, ha- lots of things happening. So uh, just kind of take a look at our website and so forth on on what's going to be happening on our Facebook page on what's going to be happening for uh, Sexual Assault Awareness Month. We got something planning uh, uh, for uh, the SFA campus that yes. that we'll do. So lots of stuff in store. Marilyn, thank you. Thank you so much. All right. And if you have any questions, you can email us at conversationsandconnections at fccet.com. Also, if you feel like you need our services, I do want to remind you of our 24-hour a day, seven-day-a-week hotline. That number is 1-800-828-7233. That's 1-800-828-7233. Be sure to subscribe to Conversations and Connections. You can do that via Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or the podcast service of your choice. And remember, as always, be the voice, if not for you, for someone else. Mm